helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Tips for Living with an Autistic Spouse, I will share practical tips that can lead to a happier relationship with your autistic spouse if you're in such a relationship. But just before you change the dial, if you're thinking that this show doesn't pertain to your relationship, I suggest that you listen on, as many people on this spectrum have not been diagnosed. As I explain some of the traits of being in a relationship with someone with autism, you will be able to judge and see if any of these uh, factors apply to your relationship. Romantic relationships are challenging to navigate because of factors such as male and female differences, different differences in upbringings, and different approaches to dealing with conflict. If you add to this mix the challenges that come from being in a relationship with someone with autism, a romantic relationship can become frustrating, even more frustrating and challenging to to navigate. So just before I continue, maybe it would be good to give some background on autism. Autism is a neurobiological disorder that affects perception, communication, social skills, learning, and and behavior. Information processing by the senses can easily overstimulate a person with autism. People on the spectrum can be can be overstimulated by certain uh, sensory inputs that other people find absolutely normal. Let me give an example of this. The autistic partner may become overly frustrated by the noise of children playing or the sound of music that the other partner feels is soothing and enjoyable. On the other hand, they can be understimulated or unresponsive to some sensory input that may that that may be disturbing to others. So they may play their favorite music at very loud volumes without consideration for others in the household. And they don't find it jarring, but others who are in that environment may find this very upsetting. And you may have had this conflict over and over again. Why can't the person with autism just understand that the music is disturbing to others. But as we will see later on, as we go through some of the traits of autism, they're not doing this because they're narcissistic or insensitive. It's just the way that they're wired uh, neurologically. They do not get the perception of how their actions affect others. The sensory differences can lead to problems in the bedroom as well. A partner on the spectrum uh, may be overly stimulated by certain smells or may even react to light touch as if it's, it's painful. This can be very confusing because at the same time, these persons might be insensitive to the fact that high pressure touch could cause their partner 
pain. It may be hard for them to understand their partner's feelings because some research suggests that autistic individuals have a higher threshold for pain tolerance. This in- the intolerance for light touch or sensitivity to sexual smells can lead some people on the spectrum of autism to have this feeling that they need to get away from the sexual embrace as quickly as possible after sex. And some may even need a separate room to avoid being overly stimulated by touch and smell that is part of a romantic relationship. So you might be in one of these relationships where you have been wondering, why is my partner like this? Why is it that we we can spend time together in loving embrace after sexual relationships? And if this is so that your partner has this need to get away, to clean up, it might be that they might be somewhere on the spectrum where they are being overstimulated by the smell or the touch of, of sexual intimacy. In terms of behaviors, an autistic partner may gravitate towards solitude and show no interest in getting to know the other partner's friends or family members. This can make the other spouse feel as if they do not care about uh, people who are important uh, to them and can create feelings of resentment. So you can understand why this person has no interest in socializing with your relatives. Make no efforts to to socialize. And even in get-together with your relatives, they may isolate themselves or behave in a way that estrange others from themselves. In addition, when they do socialize, they may not be aware of social norms and act in ways that may be hurtful or uncomfortable for others. So, for example, they may bluntly tell the truth. This is one of the the symptom of of people with autism that they don't have the filter to understand that saying something even though it may be truthful can be hurtful to others so they might say something at a get together like salad that dress makes you look fat or or they may go on forever talking about subjects that others are not interested in missing social cues that others have lost interests uh, minutes ago. Whereas those of us who are not on the spectrum would realize, okay, if I'm talking about this subject and people are beginning to look away or look down on their watches, then this is a cue for me that they're losing interest. So if a few people start walking away, we realize that maybe this is not an interesting subject. A person on the spectrum for autism may follow this person into the other room when they try to walk away, corner them in a part of the house and continue on the discussion because the people on the spectrum for autism often cannot understand the social cues that other people are able to pick up on. 
you may be experiencing the same kind of blunt truth-telling in the home as well. So you may have a situation where you have poured out your heart in preparing his favorite or her favorite Thanksgiving meal. And when you ask, how is it, this person may say to you, this turkey is too dry and it tastes like trash. And you may think to yourself, wow, this is so hurtful or they trying to hurt me. No, it's just the way that their brains are wired. They are not they're not able to think about the other person's perspective and how this kind of truth telling may hurt the other person. So in in the match in the marital home, the other spouse who is married to someone with autism may feel isolated, unloved, as the person on the spectrum may often lose him or herself in personal interest for hours and sometimes even days without considering the impact this may be having on the relationship. So before we look at tips as to what to do if you're, if some of these things are beginning to ring a bell and you're saying, this sounds very much like the relationship I am, I am in. Another thing I should, should say before we, we continue here is that another sign of someone with autism is that they may have no understanding of how their behavior may make you isolated. So when you're on a vacation, for example, and you are on a trip with this person, they may start walking miles in front of you without realizing that you're in a strange country and they need to be beside you to make you feel secure. They have no understanding that leaving you behind make you feel isolated and unprotected. They may also, you might also go on a bike ride with such a person and they take a different route and disappear and you don't see them again until you get back home. And in their minds, they're doing nothing strange. They went for their bike ride. This was the goal. The goal has been accomplished. The fact that you were left behind, not knowing where that person was, does not factor into how this person, uh, how this person as assess the relationship or, or, or the situation. In the marital home, the spouse who is feeling unloved as the other person loses his or herself in hours of their of their personal interests will begin to feel, may feel shunned, may feel even abandoned. And there may have been numerous blow up over this behavior with the person in autism, but the behavior just doesn't change. I'm going to be looking at tips as to what you can do if these things are beginning to sound familiar to your relationship, or maybe you're trying to help a friend who is in such a relationship. It is good for you to hear these tips that we're going to be talking about today. But before we look into these tips, let me say right off the bat that not all people with autism fit the description above. And it is possible to be happily married to someone with autism because, you see, autism covers a wide spectrum of behavior and it all depends on where a spouse falls on the spectrum. 
So people on the spectrum have strengths and good tendencies as well that can make them highly productive in business or sports. So this show today is not about bashing people with, with autism. As a, as a matter of fact, uh, there are, there are certain strengths that make these people outstanding at what they do. The biblical character Samson, according to neurologist Stephen Matthew in his article, Newer Insights to the Neurological Disorders Among Biblical Character of the Old Testament. He said Samson may have met the criteria for autism. In the biblical story, we see the troubled relationship between Samson and Delilah. We see that Delilah had more of an attachment to her people, the Philistines, than to Samson. Could Samson's tendency to isolate and his inability to understand her emotional needs lead her to seek emotional attachment elsewhere? We see from the biblical story in Judges that when Delilah became deceptive, Samson was incapable of reading the obvious cues of deception that a typical person would spot right away. People with autism at times are taken advantage of by others because they miss these social cues. We also read in the book of Judges that Samson killed a thousand soldiers of the Philistines with the jawbone of an, of an ass. This kind of skill requires serious dedication to practice and a singular focus of mind. Autistic people are great at what they love because they have a great capacity to practice endlessly. According to Cameron Ridgeway for, for Wessex scene, there are unconfirmed reports that Messi, the great soccer player, was diagnosed with autism at age nine. And he was said to be a child who hardly spoke to his peers and would come to soccer practice with just a focus on playing. He had nothing to say. He was totally detached and all he did was what was required of him. And we see the greatness of Messi because this tendency of autistic people to practice endlessly and to have a singular focus is what makes them great. So Samson may have had this capacity to practice the, the practice with the jawbone of an ass using at a using it as a weapon to a point where we became so skilled at it that he was able to kill a thousand soldiers. Now, when we read that story, we think of Samson going among a thousand soldier, wielding this with his hand as a weapon. But what probably happened is that there were multiple uh, jawbones that he had that he propelled in some kind of a manner in which it, they would fly uh, at great velocity and in great numbers so that he would kill several soldiers uh, in, in, in a single throw of multiple jawbones. So he practiced this over and over and over again until he developed this unique skill to use the jawbone of an ass as a weapon. Michael will be right back. 
You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Tips for Living with an Autistic Spouse. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-204-2914 where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. In an article by Stephen Zarder, CEO of Cross River Therapy, a national ABA therapy company based in the USA, he claims that Bill Gates was diagnosed with Asperger's or autism as a child. And in the article he quotes, he said, he also appears to have difficulty understanding other people's feelings and reaction, which is common among those with autism. In addition, Gates display many of the behaviors associated with autism. He is known for his obsession, attention to detail, which is a common trait among those with autism. He also is known for his intense focus on his work, which is another common trait, unquote. So could it be that Samson's intense focus on perfecting the use of the jawbone of an ass as a weapon led to Delilah feeling alone and abandoned? And as a result, she turned against him and turned to her people. So we see we're using this biblical example to talk about some of the difficulties in relationship today. So I hope your relationship is not that bad that you're betraying your spouse with your family. But if you're having difficulties, and many of what I have said here today have have resonated with you, here are some things that you can begin to do to deal effectively with your relationship. The first thing is to communicate effectively. Communication is important. One of the defects of people with autism is that they don't respond well to nonverbal communication. They are not able to interpret facial expressions or gestures or vocal intonation uh, in the way that most people do. So if you're using sarcasm or you know you're using your body language hoping that this is going to get through to your spouse, you could be it doing this in vain because the person with autism will not understand what you're trying to say. So effective communication is important. When you communicate, you should also try not to show much emotion. So communicate without emotions because someone with autism doesn't understand emotions. It will just cloud out the content of what you're trying to say. So if you're angry at at a, at a situation don't address it in the fits of your anger wait until you have calmed down and you're able to talk about this in a cool uncollected way this will most likely be effective with someone with autism if you're angry or upset they're at a loss to understand what's going on with your emotions and it will not help them to draw closer to you it will just push them away because they have a hard time understanding the emotions 
of others. So communicate without emotions. Communicate slowly. Communicate without sarcasm. Communicate clearly and explicitly about your needs and expectations. So if you're communicating about the needs that you have, it's not a bad idea to write these needs out. People with autism, they do very well with lists. And if they have something that they need to do and there's a schedule that they have to follow, they will deal more, they will be able to relate more to that than if you're just expecting them to do it of their own will. So set a plan of action to have your needs met. It can be as simply as a time to practice your desired way of wanting to be touched, or it could be a clear plan of when chores are expected to be done or to be completed. But so this kind of communication is what works. Some people who are communicating with their spouse find that sending texts or emails where there's a written form of communication is an effective way of getting their point across. So don't use the silent treatment or expect them to read your body language. They will not pick up on those social cues. They will be at a loss as to what you're trying to communicate. So communicate effectively. The second point is to educate yourself about autism in adults. Read about the criteria for autistic diagnosis. Read blogs of other spouses who are living with autistic spouse because it's important to understand what you're dealing with and that this person is not trying to make your life miserable. They're not insensitive. They're just wired differently and they do not understand emotions or your emotional needs. So there are, are a number of uh, websites that will deal with the criteria, the diagnostic criteria for autism spectrum disorder according to the manual for mental illness, which is the DSM-5. So I won't go into that in detail in this show because we are quickly running out of time, but I would suggest that you go and read, read about these criterias so you can understand what you are dealing with in your relationship. The third point is for you to refrain how you interpret your experience. If you interpret your experience with your autistic spouse to mean they're unsensitive, they're insensitive, they're unloving, they just don't care, they make no effort to change, they don't care about me or the relationship, they're prioritizing other things over the relationship, then your relationship is going to become a place where resentment builds and where frustration thrives. But if you can reframe your experience to mean that this person just doesn't understand emotions, they're wired differently, 
neurologically and they do not understand they cannot feel emotions the way i feel it their brain doesn't work the way that that my brain work in the same way that if you were married to a spouse with a broken leg or they were paralyzed and they could not take out the garbage you would not frustrate yourself day after day thinking why is it that they just can't do anything in the house why is it that they can't take out the garbage you would understand this person is paralyzed so reframe how you're thinking about your autistic spouse. There are some things that they just do not get. And so instead of seeing yourself as a victim where you've been taken advantage of and you have been treated badly because this person doesn't care, see that this person has uh, as a, a disorder and that they are acting according to that disorder and that they cannot act any differently are there limitations or limits to which they can change the next point is to accept your role in the relationship when you're in a relationship with someone in any relationship you go into that relationship with strength and weaknesses and couples often complement each other's strength and weaknesses so if you can accept your role in your relationship with your autistic spouse to say this person doesn't have certain strengths and it's up to me to complement that area of the relationship or supplement that area of the relationship then you can feel less you can feel less uh frustrated because as i said before there are other strengths that these people have they're often very successful in business they're very very competent in in what they what they do and and they 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 may be very high income earners so they have certain strengths and so you have to think about it that you are accepting the role that you play in that relationship so a person with autism is not likely to be wired to be able to make plans about the future and to think about delaying gratification for, for future goals. They, what they love or what they do may take all of their focus or as a tendency to take over their mind. So they tend to be singular focus on their occupation or what if they're in sports, the sport that they're are competing in. So you may be with a professional athlete and you're understanding because it's my belief that many professional athletes who grace to a very high level in their profession has a form of autism. And it's this singular focus that makes them excel over others. So it's important to accept the role that you play and realize that you may be the one that need to schedule time for romantic encounters. You may be the one who may need to schedule time for, for, for them to meet with your family members or even to schedule a time for him or her to call his their parents, because many people with autism, they could go for a year without thinking, you know, it's time to call my mom or my dad. And it's not that they're insensitive. It's not, it's not that they don't care about their loved ones. It's just that their minds are wired differently. And as far as they're concerned, the relationship is okay. I have told mom and dad that I love them and I will see them again in two years or three years or whenever and everything will be fine. So it might be your role in the relationship 
relationship to keep the social engagement going. It might be your role to do the planning and the paying of bills. And if you can accept that, it can make you less miserable because trying to change your partner will not work. And and another point is when it, the fifth point I should say is that you need to schedule time for your own personal socialization with others because you are going to have a, a deficit in terms of socializing if you're waiting for your autistic spouse to meet your need for social engagement. People with autism have a high capacity, a high need to isolate, and this is how they recharge. So it's up to you to find a way to engage yourself with others. And it's by so doing that you're going to find that you become more whole as a person. You're able to overcome the negativity, the negative aspects of your relationship. There's much more here that I could say. If you'd like to hear more about this, then I suspect, I, I suggest that you listen to a, a longer length uh, podcast of this on our YouTube channel. So I have to close here for today, but I hope you found this helpful. If you would need help or more information, please give us a, a, a call by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's, ministry.com I also want to remind you that we are not for a profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. So if you haven't supported us yet, please consider doing so. We also want to remind you that we have over 300 other podcasts such as this one on many different topics that you can listen to on our YouTube channel. So please check us out on our social media pages. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.